BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. I am Sterling Holmes, joined as always by Matt Connor. Matt, it's been a week off. I've missed your face. I've missed your beard, the long hair. It looks shorter. I can't tell if it's in a ponytail right now or not. I got my pony. I'm genuine today. Oh, wow. that was. We've already started off with a phenomenal bow, music pun. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to go into it now because after bow, that start, bow. we have to talk Tom Bahali officially retiring. I mean, Tom Bahali hasn't played in like three years. And then all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, I'm officially, officially retiring as a Kansas City Chief. Signing a one-day contract. The next man up on that long list of one-day contracts for Kansas City. What do you make of the official retirement from Tamba Ah, You know, I would be... Okay, one. Hat tip to Tamba, who I love. Look, I've I've talked to Tamba um, off the field on multiple occasions. Just always been the like per- perfect citizen. Great guy stellar career so i'm just super happy for him to you know get his name in the books he's going to be in the ring of honor love it love it for all that love me some tamba also i'd be a little excited about it if he were still active because i still (laughs) don't know who's starting opposite frank lark right (laughs) the ghost of alex okafor at this point uh but i will say this uh it's been 1221 days since Tom Bahali last played in an NFL game, are you telling me he wasn't retired before then? Like when I read that news, I was like, it was like when the record needle goes like scratches <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Uh, not because any disrespect to Tom, but, but again, it's been 40 months and five days. And it's like, I think part of me was like, oh, good for Tom, and also, and good for 
2018, which is where this news belongs. <laughs> so yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Well, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think like the Black Eyed Peas may have still been the biggest band in the world the last time he was <laughs> in the backfield. No, honestly, though, I'm with you. What if Tom Bahali actually plays for that one day contract? That's what we need. Instead of Tim Ward and Joshua Kando, let's just throw Tom out there for one day. Most yeah, one day contracts are like a off season joke of, hey, you know, dress up. We'll give you your jersey. Cool, yeah. great ceremony. Uh, great ceremony. Great for the player. Great for the organization. Give you your props. Well, I say one day. Put it on a Sunday. Let Tomba see what he can do. I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> I'm in. I yeah yeah yeah. It you know. Let's be yeah. I I say we get all the one day contract guys like Jamal Charles, DJ, Tomba. Just get them together and and form a an old man super league team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Well, only so far back. Once you start getting to Todd Haley, I'm going to start like drinking my own tears. Well, I don't and, think Todd uh, Haley's getting a one day contract. Yeah, I sure hope yeah. not. If Todd, if Todd Haley, like his burner account on Twitter might, but like, I don't think he should. Todd Haley should have gotten a one day contract in the first place. Right. That should have been his actual contract. It was like a one day contract. Just one day. Yeah. All right. Now we're done with you. There we go. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, speaking of one-day contracts, this really has nothing to do at all, but I deserve to bring it up anyway because you should know about the Lawnmower 4.0. Maybe this is what Todd Haley needs to be doing is pitching products that work versus the team he coached, which didn't work, clearly. (laughs) The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. 4.0. Folks, this isn't a 1.0. It's not a 2.0. It's not even the 3.0, which was fair. Let's be honest. We know that. Yeah. But the 4.0 trimmer is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Not sure what's happening south of the border, but we're talking <laughs> about a cut. We're talking about something that goes south of the border, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, the new trimmer was only released moments ago. We're one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. I guess Mexico, that includes you too. Uh, With the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's FANSIDED20 is the code at manscaped.com. We've got news, Sterling. It's after the draft. It's normally a desert, but we've got real news. For the Chiefs, let's talk D.D. Westbrook. What are you thinking here? I think that any single receiver, running back, or any player who's available is somehow going to be getting linked to the Chiefs, and everyone's going to get super stoked for some reason. I like D.D. Westbrook, but is he like that much different than Demarcus Robinson? I mean, I can okay. Go- first, let's clarify the news. Let's clarify the news. Josina Anderson. reported today on on Monday, May 10th, that Chiefs players had reached out. The the tweet was real real, um, telling. It was like Chiefs players had reached out to D.D. Westbrook in order to come play for the Chiefs. And then she also adds that the Lions and the Vikings, I think it was, also said that they were interested. So it felt like two teams officially were like, we're interested in Westbrook. 
who is coming off a season-ending injury. Like he, he missed all of last season almost. He played in like part of one game. Sure. Injury. Yeah. So is, is this like some of his old teammates reaching out and 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 saying, "Hey, dude, you should come." Is this Patrick Mahomes leading some effort on behalf of the team? Is this is this subversion? Is this Kansas City subversion? <laughs> My thing is, I think he would probably be the second best if he's healthy, the second best wide receiver on the roster, but not by enough to be a legitimate number two. Like, do I think he's better than Demarcus Robinson? I don't know. I mean, I think he's in that same bucket. Like, I think if you're looking at the numbers, they're pretty similar. D-Rob has not had one season above 500 yards yet, whereas D.D. Westbrook did have one of 717 yards, one of 660. But it's not like we're talking about a 1,000-yard wide receiver. You know, he... It's not like he was getting a ton of snaps on some pretty bad Jags teams. And I get it. That's going to be the, the the main argument is, okay, well, he had what? Blake Bortles and then Gardner with a fantastic mustache Minshew throwing him the ball. It's not like he had Patrick Mahomes. So I get that. But he also doesn't have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill above him in the pecking order. So it's kind of a, a, a coin flip, I think. Yeah, it's a little, he's used to being a pretty high volume receiver there. I think he had 101 targets uh, the year before he's injured. I think he mirrored that exact same. Yeah, 101, 18 and 19. I mean, you're talking about over 200 targets in two years. I mean, that's a high volume target. He's not getting that in Kansas City for sure if he signs and even beats out everyone but Tyreek. Um, but I think it's possible for someone to get around 75 to 80 in that zone. And would he want to do something with that um, here in Andy Reid's offense for a year? I, you know, would he want to chase a ring? I don't know. You know, when a guy's in that zone at, at the age of 27, you want the payday. Like that's what he, that, that's the main thing to chase right now is like that generational money. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think. Look, let's be honest. Demarcus Robinson came out and said, hey, I'm doing it this year. I'm going to be a thousand yard receiver. I'm chasing these big goals. But the money they're paying him is no different than Ricky Seals Jones or any one of these like one year minimum flyers. So it's hard to have expectations there for anything more, at least for D Rob. I, I don't know. You know, to me, it's it, to me, Hardman is potentially in the way as like, you know, growing into year three, like, you know, he's only had two years in the league, so there's still growth there. Byron Pringle, Marcus Camp. I mean, it's a, it's a steep fall after Tyreek Hill at this point with just a lot of hopefuls and potential underneath. I don't, it's not that exciting to me. Is it to you? Yeah. DD Westbrook does not move the needle for me. Like if he comes here, of course I'll be, you know, relatively excited and I'll try and find a way to make myself believe that he's a bona fide number two. But if we're just being realistic, I think he just falls into the bucket of a solid number three, which is what Demarcus Robinson is, which is what McCall Hartman currently is, which is what I think Byron Pringle is. And then you have the rookie 
you know, pal. So I, I just don't think that bringing him in is going to make that number two spot feel any more safe. I don't think we're going to feel more comfortable with Westbrook. All that does is add to a crowded, I think, a lot of depth wide receiving core that doesn't have that next guy pecking behind Tyree Kill. Yeah, yeah. You know, I will say this. I'm pretty okay with um, letting the kids play through the preseason because there's always veterans available to trade for. I mean, if they really wanted to go get someone, you know, do you wait until the Atlanta Falcons are like two and four and then selling Julio Jones for pennies on the dollar? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, but, um, you know, then you have room. If someone emerges, you're all set, but you don't have to like get ahead of it. Then again, you know, maybe how much do you knock a guy for the quarterbacks? I mean, we talk about Dwayne bow. I mean, let's sure. just keep it in chief's house. Dwayne bows catching passes from Tyler Palco. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe from Steve DeBerg's grandson. I don't even know what's happening there. <laughs> so yeah, you know, like, do you fault a guy for the quarterbacks? Throw into him? Uh, I mean, yeah, but you're also garnering 101 targets in two seasons, and you have 717 yards and 660 yards to show for it. You're not having, just looking at the yards per reception, 10.9, 10. That's not, not game-breaking right there. It's one of those things where, yeah, you, you, you can count the quarterback against him, but he's not getting nearly those targets in Kansas City. and. You know, if if you're playing apples to to oranges again, because it's difficult, because you got Blake Bortles, I think that was there in 2018. I think that was his last year. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But, I'm I mean, not up on my Bortlesopedia. But yeah, I'll check that later I, on. Sorry, the greatest quarterback in uh, Jaguars history, Blake Bortles. Uh, no, but I just don't see him getting anywhere close, like you said, to 100 targets. So these numbers are really tough to to judge. Yeah. I will say my numbers weren't that great with Brock Osweiler throwing to me. So, you know, hey, whatever. Hey, I wouldn't kick Westbrook out of bed. That's what I have to say about it. Sure, bring him on. Only if you have the the Manscaped 4.0, though. Only if you have that. We'll be right back to talk a little bit more Chiefs, including some Eric Fisher news right after the break. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. I am Sterling Holmes. Matt, Eric Fisher, looks like he is not coming back to Kansas City. Signing with the Colts, who the Colts just love anyone related or who's ever played in Kansas City. Like They're, they're just saying, you know what? You played in Kansas City? Come on by. Swing through. We'll sign you. So Eric Fisher signing a one-year, uh, $9 million deal with the Indianapolis Colts. What are you making of this whole situation? Uh, I love it. I love it. What, I mean, one, it was the most predictable move remaining in the NFL. Anthony Costanzo retires on the Colts in January, to the surprise of many. And then suddenly a great line that was like Costanzo, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly. I mean... That may have been the best left-to-center combination in the NFL. And then suddenly you lose your left tackle as you're trying to rehabilitate the image of Carson Wentz. I mean, you you got to do something there. And then, like, it wasn't too long ago that the Colts were saying, hey, we're good with Sam Tevy outside at left tackle, which Sam Tevy has been a turnstile for the Chargers for the last year or two, I'm pretty sure. So 
Yeah, we knew that wasn't happening. The Colts came into the draft and they drafted like Quiddy Pay. They drafted that the Vandy pass rusher along with some others. And they didn't grab a guy until a Penn State tackle guard guy in the seventh round, Will Fries. So, yeah, you know, they, they were going to make a move, even if they said they weren't. It made sense. Here's what I think I think Eric Fisher, I mean, not only do I love it because it's, a, I think it's a great signing, but it wouldn't surprise me if he just stayed there for a few years. Like, it's a one year deal, but I think Fisher's got a lot more in the tank. Like, like do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think he has some good years left ahead of him. I think his time in Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, I don't think wanted to wait. I, that timeline he has for his Achilles just seems so quick. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Eric Fisher. Kansas City, I think, was in a move to move on. And Orlando Brown, they got younger. Uh, they probably got a little bit better, at least equal currently, but with the upside of, of Brown to even expand on that. I think it works out for both parties here. I don't know when Eric Fisher is going to be ready because, again, that Achilles timeline, that just still seems so quick. Like, I can't see him playing in the first week or let alone even maybe halfway through the season, but it's not my money. You know, it's not my money. If the Colts have this plethora of draft capital, it's for their, not draft capital, but salary cap money to play with, it's just burning a hole in their pocket. You might as well at least get them for half a season or for the playoffs. I think it's a win-win move uh, situation for both parties. The fact there's only $9.4 million when top-of-the-line tackles now are getting $20 million for left tackles. If Eric Fisher can regain that Pro Bowl caliber performance, it's gonna look out. It's gonna look good for for the Colts, and maybe they're only paying for half a season. You know, maybe they're only paying for half a Pro Bowl season from Fish, and that's why the contract is what it is. But I like it. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. The price, the price is good. The price reflects the risk. But I will say this: the Chiefs remember initially said Rick Burkholter said he was going to be back by training camp. Yeah. And the report today coming out says that the Colts feel quote comfortable with his recovery. Is it possible that we're just kind of saying, Oh no, Achilles takes way too long. He's not going to be, I mean, I mean, it's gotta be possible, right? That he's lining up at left tackle. Yeah. I mean, they know more than me. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a, uh, (laughs) (laughs) some doctor over here. I'm definitely not the only doctor. I am is someone who listens to Dr. Dre and drinks Dr. Pepper. I know mm-hmm. nothing about Achilles injuries, ACLs. I know the typical time frame. I know what the the average and, and normal recovery time is, but everyone's body is different. And I'm going to go with what NFL doctors and, and conditioning guys, what they know, because this is their specialty. So if they think he's ready, I, I guess I wouldn't be completely surprised, but from an actual typical Achilles injury time frame, I would be shocked. Yeah. Are you saying your body wouldn't be ready? Oh, hell week? no. I would if I tore my Achilles now, I'm done for. Like I for for years and years. <laughs> I'm milking that Are bad you saying boy. Just bury just bury you? Just, like you're done. Just bury me. I am now a DH <laughs> in beer league softball. Like, sorry, I'm no longer a shortstop. You're I am the DH. If it's not a home run, I'm an out. Like that's that's how I would be. I feel I feel bad that DH in a beer league softball is your post Achilles because that's my pre Achilles. That's your. So I don't know what 
I would have a precipitous fall, folks. That's all I'm saying. I don't even know where I'd end up, but it would be bottom you, feeder. I think you, that's you could word. be a trainer. Like you're, you're the guy that plays the music. And then you also like, cause I always softball injuries just abound because well, normally bodies like stretching. Like they like when you get, when you stretch before and before you make explosive movements, but I'm like, Hey pal, no, that's, that's silly. I'm not stretching. And then the, who stretches. They, yeah. And then you hit a ground ball and you go, I need to run. And then your body says, Whoa, pal. Remember when I said you should have stretched and then I'm sitting there trying to roll out my quad with a beer on the, uh, in the dugout, just trying to get loose. So you could be that guy. You could be trying to roll my quad out with a 24 ounce of, of bush light. <laughs> bush light. It sounds like you and I both need Rick Burkholder. That's just, yeah. what, that's just what it sounds like. Yeah. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> hey, let's wrap up. Um, so our good friends, Matt Verderam and Patrick Allen broke down the chief's draft class last episode, but you and I didn't get a chance to kick around the draft. And I guess I'm just a little bit curious, you know, I don't like, I don't need to go pick my pick. I don't need to break it down. That's all out there, but I'm curious what, like what leftovers, like, like what, uh, what sort of fleeting thoughts do you have looking back at last week's draft and, and subsequent moves, like even a undrafted free agent or whatever. I think the storyline that's pretty impressive is Kansas City got some fantastic players, and if none of them start week one, that's completely okay, and that speaks to the depth that Kansas City currently has. Like Nick Bolton, to me, is a pick for when Hitchens leaves. Like Creed Humphrey, I personally think is going to start, but even if he doesn't, you have Austin Blythe, and he sits behind Austin Blythe for a year. I, I mean... Noah Gray, you're obviously not going in front of Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, Pal, you don't need to even be a wide receiver two or wide receiver three this year. Um, Trey Smith, uh, you, you know, I I think that, that the guard they got in the sixth round, I'm sitting here going, dude, he could be your future. Health concerns obviously need yeah. to go, you know, no blood clots. But none of these guys need to start this year. And I think they have such great depth and potential I'm really excited for the only guy I wasn't super excited for was Joshua Kando. I don't get what difference he makes from TK or Breland Speaks or you know the plethora of developmental edge rushers. But hey, who knows? Maybe he's the guy that they hit on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I I actually liked that pick because I just thought if they came through this draft without someone new at defensive end pass rusher. Like I was just going to scream. I was so glad that came before the tight end because you know how I feel <laughs> about tight ends. But I'll but I'll say this. I'll say this. I I I think I think I think that young pass rusher. You know, like I think Kando is it Kando or Kando? I think it's Kando. Can dude, I you're going to listen to me. I have a Kando me. attitude. Yeah, I have a can. So whatever. <laughs> right. I got it. anyway. However you say it, here's what I think about it. I think you know they say he's got he's got the length. He's got the strength. He's got the burst, that athleticism, the quote, you know, he just didn't put it all together, blah, blah, blah. Here's what, here's what I think about that. I think that, you know, did, did Passanio not work out? You're right. Did Breland speaks just never even really (laughs) matter. Yeah. You're right about that. You know, like, I, I mean, I get those, I get those things and maybe why it's wary to try again, 
But to me, not only do the Chiefs have a great need at the position, but like you have to swing. Even if you swing and miss, you got to keep swinging because the only way you hit the home run is by swinging. And like, so bringing in the likes of Alex Okafor, like, oh, let's bring in a known quantity who's a veteran. I mean, how exciting was that? It wasn't exciting at all. You bring in a guy like Mike Dana, even who doesn't have all the measurables, but at least he's like a predictable, like he was a well-rounded, pretty polished Michigan asks a lot of their defensive linemen to do everything. So he came in like pretty ready, even for a lower pick and he showed it. And I think he's going to be a very good, a productive, good guy there. But like in terms of that, like, like defining defensive end, who can come in, you know, Frank Clark is getting older, more expensive, et cetera. I just think every year the chiefs have to swing. And even if they miss, you got to swing the next year. And so for me, hey, why not? It's fourth round. It's late fourth. You say he's got all the stuff. Swing and miss, baby. It's like Joey Gallo in baseball. You swing for the fences every single time, and eventually one's going to go out. I get what you're saying, and I actually don't have any problem with the premise or the game plan. It makes a lot of sense, and I don't really have any qualms with it. My thing is I'm just going to sit back and say, wait and see. I'm not going to all of a sudden say, oh, he was fantastic in high school, and that's going to all of a sudden make him some phenomenal pass rusher. I think some people are extremely high on him, and I get that. I think he has some of the most potential in this draft. I just want to wait and see because Taco Charlton is kind of another same boat right. of a guy who has the the intangibles or the, you know, the, the traits that you look for, and we still haven't seen that come together so i'm i'm a little more show me show me what you can can do Ooh, love it in the show me state dude it's just it's all there we are terrible at puns matt it's yeah we're sorry folks we're sorry just just manscape something and we're we're sorry <laughs> anyway hey i'll say this i'll say this i kind of like um, I kind of like a couple of the free agent grabs too. I've been able to chat with some coaches. Uh, just, uh, just today we posted an interview on Arrowhead addict with, uh, Western Kentucky defensive coordinator, Maurice Crum. He's describing Devin key to me, who is a new safety that they just, that the chief signed after the draft. Note this, the chiefs didn't sign hardly any rookie free agents. Remember like normally it's like 15, yeah. 17. This year it was like five or six. I mean, if you want to know like how deep this draft class was, the answer is it's not. Or it also means the Chiefs have a deep roster and they're admitting like we don't need to bring kids in the camp that just are going to have no chance at all. But they brought in this kid, Key, the defensive coordinator, Maurice Crum, really talked him up. It was it was great talking about his intelligence, his pro readiness, his ability to kind of handle as much coaching as you want to give him, it just sounded like he was going to be a real grinder on special teams, physical guy. Yeah. I'm always intrigued by this because even last year after a super bowl, Turk Wharton, right? Suddenly we love that kid <laughs> or, um, you know, Ben Neiman's been that guy in the past. Daryl Williams has been that guy in the past. So, you know, you don't want to say these kids can't make it. Um, yeah. So some of these kids like to me, like Devin key, the safety Shane Bouchelle, the, the quarterback that they brought in from SMU. I'm intrigued to see where some of these guys uh, also land. Yeah. Well, it was well, interesting. 
even like Yasir Durant last year from Mizzou. I mean, even he was before the Orlando Brown signing, there was rumblings of, holy bleep, he may be the left tackle. And he was an undrafted guy from Mizzou the year before. So I get that. Also, the Mizzou connections to Kansas City. I love it. As a Mizzou alum, this gets me stoked. Nick, yeah, Bolton, yeah. Nick, Nick Bolton gets me really excited. I'm not going to lie. Like I watched all of his games at Mizzou, obviously, and he's not the biggest dude, the fastest dude. He doesn't have the athleticism that Willie Gay Jr. has, but his intelligence, IQ, he hits so hard. Like There'll be some hits next year that will remind you of Derek Johnson, like where you just get absolutely laid out and you're like, Holy bleep, that's awesome. Like if you're playing Madden and you have the hit stick, you know, yeah. that's what Nick Bolton brings. And he's pretty solid in coverage. So I don't think he's going to be like a perennial all pro linebacker, but I think he has the potential to make a pro bowl or two. He's going to be very consistent. And I just really like that pick. You don't, you don't have any doubts at all about how that translates like because the measurables aren't there sure you don't have any problems with him translating that to the program i i completely get those concerns i just think that you can't always teach being in the right place at the right time having the iq yeah a lot of guys have gotten it done in the nfl without having the size or having um you know, the traits that you typically look for. I think Nick Bolton's going to be one of those guys, and especially when you get him where you got him in the draft. To me, it was just, you couldn't pass that up. Yeah. Yeah. You just couldn't pass it up. And, and I get it. People are saying inside linebacker, why you have Hitchens and and gay and you only use two linebackers. You got to have a future somewhere. And I think having the athleticism with gay and having the, the shore, you know what you're going to get in Bolton. Just to me, that's could be a very, very good linebacking core for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned this earlier, Anthony Hitchens is making way more than 10 million this year. Cap hit next year is going to be over 12 million. You got to make some big salary go away if you want to continue this momentum and you called it there. Yeah. That's what I'm calling. So uh, calling my shot, Matt, I'm calling it baby. I like it. I like it. Well, guys, that's going to be it for us. This is the Arrowhead Act Podcast. I am Sterling Holmes. That is Matt Connor. We'll be back when you hear the next podcast drop. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.